Today is the second day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today on day two of our grand adventure through every book, every chapter, every verse in the entire Bible. Welcome back. This is sort of move-in week where we just kind of get our bearings and our rhythm and then realize pretty quickly how poignant the Bible is and can be. And so as we just began the journey yesterday, we began four books, Genesis in the Old Testament, Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament, and then Psalms and Proverbs, and that's a lot of moving in in one day. And so we're taking a few days just to kind of go over, kind of give an overview of what it is we're reading. And so we oriented ourselves a little bit to the book of Genesis yesterday. And we'll do the same thing when we get to the book of Matthew today. But before we get to Matthew, we have another step forward in the book of Genesis we're reading from the New Living Translation this week, Genesis chapters 3 and 4. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees, then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, 
since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as gifts to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land, and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had sexual relations with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain founded a city which he named Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Erod. Erod became the father of Mahujael. 
Mahushael became the father of Methushael. Methushael became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada. The second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raise livestock and live in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who play the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal-Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain had a sister named Naamah. One day, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son named Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Okay, so yesterday we began the book of Matthew. We didn't talk much about the book of Matthew, but if we will recall, we read an extensive line of genealogy that led us all the way to the birth of Jesus. And then we went through the birth narrative and we were just talking about how we just came through this season. And so it's very familiar in our minds. And I mentioned that those genealogies, although they may not be the most interesting things to read or hear, are very important when we come across them in the Bible. The people that we met in the book of Matthew yesterday are all people that we will get to know. Every single one of those names are people that we will encounter again as we move our way through the Old Testament. Which brings us to today, where we kind of dive into day two in the book of Matthew. But let's just do a little flyover. Matthew is a part of a grouping of books, just like Genesis is a part of a grouping of books. So yesterday we talked about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books in the Bible. They are known as the Torah, as they are grouped together, or the Pentateuch. So Matthew is a part of a grouping of books. And you probably already know this, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are known as the four Gospels. And each one of the Gospels, and we'll go through them in order, so we get to spend quite a bit of time here at the front of the year with Jesus, because the Gospel narratives are the story of Jesus' life and ministry and his teachings. And as Christians, we center our lives around what he was teaching and what he is teaching. So in the New Testament, we will be moving right through the Gospels, so we get to kind of walk right alongside Jesus be in the crowds with him. Be among the disciples. Become a disciple of the Savior Jesus as we move through the Gospels. Matthew was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. So he walked with Jesus, literally, and heard Jesus on a daily basis. He was a disciple so he had devoted his life to following his rabbi, to following Jesus as a rabbi. And they came to understand that Jesus was more than a rabbi. But we'll get to that as we move through the Gospels. Nevertheless, Matthew had firsthand knowledge of what he's talking about. And as we will discover, Matthew, in his previous life, before becoming a disciple of Jesus was a tax collector. So he was he was a hated person. And he was very disliked because to the Jews, 
Matthew's a Jew collecting taxes on behalf of Rome from the Jewish people. And so he's looked at like basically like a traitor. And the way that taxes worked uh, in the Roman Empire among people like the Jewish people, somebody or somebodies with lots of money would approach the Roman government and say, we want to collect taxes for Rome. And then they pay a bunch of money to basically buy the rights to collect taxes on behalf of Rome. And then those people who bought that right hire people to actually go do the dirty work and collect the taxes. And in the process, you can imagine that there's corruption involved. And so there's overtaxation that ends up in the pockets of the tax collector. And so these people are not well liked. So when a Jew is collecting taxes on behalf of Rome for another from another Jew, that just seems disingenuous. And so they were not liked. And so the first thing we should probably just kind of understand here is that Jesus called as one of his 12 disciples, people who would live and walk with him during his earthly ministry. He called a person nobody liked. He called an outsider. That is not only riveting, but important. Because as we read through the book of Matthew, there's a lot of things that happen, but the outsider, or rather the inclusion of the outsider in God's kingdom is something we will see quite clearly if we're looking for it. And we can nod our heads, yes, and shake our heads, yes, thank God that he loves the outsider. But the challenge then becomes, how are we treating the ones on the margins? How are we treating the outsider? Because we have an example of Jesus and we claim to be his followers, his disciples. We claim that our faith and our goals are to become like our Savior to become Christ-like if we do not conduct ourselves in any way like Jesus, then what are we saying? Words are just falling from our lips that mean absolutely nothing. They're just a back black puddle on the floor that mean nothing. When Jesus called Matthew, Matthew left everything to follow Jesus. So we're getting the perspective of a person who left a certain kind of life and entered a completely different kind of life and was utterly transformed. The text itself in the book of Matthew is aimed at Jewish believers. It's a very Hebrew-centric gospel It quotes from the Old Testament more than any of the other Gospels do. And it works harder than any of the other Gospels do to reveal Jesus fulfilling Hebrew prophecy. More than that, and if this is your first time through the Bible, like if you've wandered in here going, I've got to find some sort of rootedness in spirituality, we get to meet Jesus. We get to walk alongside Jesus and we get to know him pretty well and we get to know his style and we get to see his rabbinical teachings and the way that he would teach in parables, which are like, which are like illustration stories that have layer after layer of meaning that can be pondered so that the meaning is far greater than the amount of words that were used to tell the story. And there are over 20 parables that are in the book of Matthew. So we'll obviously read every word of them. And then lastly, we will see and we will hear Jesus speaking about a kingdom. A kingdom that is of God. In fact, it's God's kingdom. And Jesus speaking to Hebrew people, they weren't unfamiliar with this concept. And they wished for God's kingdom. 
But they were in a position, and we'll go through all of the story as we go through the Bible, but they were in a position in the first century when Jesus was upon the earth where they lived in a land that had been at one point their ancestral homeland, but at this point in history it was part of the Roman Empire. It was a province of the Roman Empire, the province of Syria. What the Hebrew people wanted was to find a Messiah, some leader, a Messiah, a, a godly character, a godly person who could rally people together and would lead people in the truth, but would also lead them into battle to overcome miraculously Rome and throw them out of the land. And then they could have this kingdom of God again. They could have their land back after a millennia. And so Jesus comes walking through the countryside, village to village, speaking to people who understand this concept and have this seething rage toward Rome because they are marginalized and oppressed. And he announces the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're listening. This could be that guy. He could lead them into battle. And so Jesus continues to teach about the kingdom of heaven. And it turns out that the kingdom of heaven isn't something that's coming. It's something that is, is here, is now, and is coming. Its fullness is coming, but it's here now. And so Jesus reveals the kingdom of God, and it's not the kingdom that the people were expecting. And we'll get to see the tension that arises from that. And so, there's a little bit of a flyover of Matthew. Let's dive into our day two, our second reading from the Gospel of Matthew, which will be chapter 2, verse 13, through 3, verse 6. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's reports of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. 
John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Psalm 2 Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with feudal plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities, for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. Proverbs 1, 7 through 9. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Okay, so we've already spent some time talking about Matthew, and I don't want to overwhelm us with all kinds of information, but as we're moving in, it's really, really important that we get oriented to the story and understand what's going on here. And in the book of Genesis today, we found out what happened to us. Because yesterday we're reading through the creation narratives and we're getting this glimpse of things as they were intended to be. And so yesterday I was just saying, let, like, let's take a, a step back and look around and we have to acknowledge that something happened because this isn't perfect. We have all kinds of conveniences and a beautiful planet to live on that sustains our lives. But we are a mess. Something happened. And that's what we get to see in the book of Genesis today with the third chapter of Genesis. One of the saddest moments in the Bible. And there are some sad moments in the Bible, but this is one of the saddest of them all. We know the story as the fall, right? the fall of mankind. And knowing that sets up the trajectory of the rest of the Bible, the rest of the story. God made something perfect, including perfect human beings who wanted knowledge of good and evil instead of trusting God to sort that out. And we have been using this 
knowledge ever since to understand something that is far beyond our understanding, the love of God. And we have made a colossal mess out of an awful lot of things. As we all know, we broke the story. I mean, that's what we see here in Genesis 3. We see what happened. The rest of the story is one of a God who will not stop putting things back together again and inviting his people to be intimately involved in that process. And it's very easy to think, and I thought, like, I mean, I'm a a child who grew up in a pastor's home, so the Bible stories are stories I've heard from before I could even talk. And this story of, of the Garden of Eden and the fall of man and the talking serpent and the swinging swords from the angels guarding the entrance to the Garden of Eden, like, I can still see this imagery from my childhood trying to imagine it. But even as a child, I was like, why would God put that tree in the garden in the first place if it were the possibility of breaking the whole plan? Why is that there? Why did they even get that choice? And as I have pondered that over decades... I have come to realize that love can't actually be love if there's no way out. That's more like slavery. And an enslaved human being can do all sorts of things that they hate and can act all sorts of ways that aren't true, including faking love in order to avoid consequences. But love offered from the heart, a covenant of love, that's not something that can be faked. It's either true or it's false. God loved what he had made. He called it good and very good. He loved the children that he had made. He came to walk with them in the cool of the evening. Love isn't love if there's no way out. And the tree was that opportunity. And we took the opportunity. And we can blame Adam and Eve. We can do all that kind of stuff, but we're doing the same thing every day. Because what is ultimately happening in the book of Genesis is deception was introduced into this story. This serpent's having this conversation with Eve saying, Really? God said you can't eat this? You're not going to die if you eat this? God's afraid of you eating this. God's holding out on you. If you eat this, you'll become like God. You'll know good and evil. You won't need this God who's withholding important information from you. Become God yourself. Eat the fruit. That has been our story ever since. What we will see as we read through the Old Testament and now that we're reading through the Gospels in the life of Jesus, that God has been putting things back together ever since and we will continue with that journey going forward tomorrow father we thank you for your word and we thank you for allowing us to gather to be in the world at this time with this technology and able to be far-flung all over the world representing all kinds of different cultural contexts all stripes and flavors of theological persuasion we're able to come here together around the global campfire and immerse ourselves in what the bible says by just simply 
reading and absorbing it together. Thank you for this gift. And Holy Spirit, although this may be the first time that we ask this year, it won't be the last. Lead us into all truth. This is something promised in the scriptures. We believe that you will. Our role will be to be open-hearted and open-handed as you lead us. And so thank you for inviting us to this grand dance as we take the adventure of a lifetime through the scriptures. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. It is the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here. Home of the global campfire that we come around every day and gather. The Daily Audio Bible app will allow you to see and interact with all the things that are on the website. So download the app from the app store that's associated with your device. Just look for Daily Audio Bible and you can download the app for free. So check that out. And, and, and while we're doing some checking out, Check out the different sections, like the community section. There are links to get connected on social media or begin to follow. But in the community section, we'll also find the prayer wall, which will become an invaluable resource for us as we navigate through the year. Because it's always on and never off. It's always there. We can always go there. Can't sleep want to focus outward instead of focusing inward on the problems that are keeping you awake want to put your mind toward others go to the prayer wall read what people are asking for prayer and what how they're sharing their lives and their stories pray for them let them know you prayed for them or maybe you can't sleep because you're getting crushed and you've been dragging chains around so long that you can't move anymore and you feel alone you're not go share your story let your brothers and sisters come around you the prayer wall is always there for us as we navigate through a year together and so check that out if you want to partner with the daily audio bible first of all thank you humbly we wouldn't be in this if we weren't in this together. And now we are in year 18, seven days a week. So we're in this together. And I thank you. There's a mission here to bring the spoken word of God read fresh every day and offered freely to anyone who will listen anywhere on this planet, any time of day or night and to build community around that rhythm of showing up every day. That's what we call the global campfire. Coming together every day, knowing for certain this isn't a solitary journey. We are not on it alone. And so if that is life-giving to you, then thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement that you want to share, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877 942 4253 and that's it for today I'm Brian I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow James the teacher my friend at Sparky in Texas and uh, I heard you on community prayer brother and uh, about your daughter's recital and I had, it really hit home with me. Um, as you know, my kids moved to Northwest, up around Portland with their mother. And uh, 
the day before they flew out for the last time before moving, um, I had had a real tough time with the buildup. And the day before they left, I stayed up really late, really stressed out. And then that next morning when my parents were flying out with them, they left at probably 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And I was so tired that I missed them leaving at the airport. And it crushed me, absolutely crushed me. And I could not forgive myself over it. I beat on myself. I knew my ex-wife was probably going to do some beating on me too. And out of all of that, it occurred to me that God might not have wanted me there for a reason. In a weird way. Um, we don't understand, and I'm like you. I am, I am dead set point on when I'm at work, running crews, running guys, and then it seems like I can miss things ADD-ish at the house, and, and I feel like I fall short, but God's got you. He knows what's supposed to happen, and, and your daughter still loves you, man. There's many more, hopefully. Love you, dude. Good to hear from you. Good morning, Daily Audio family. This is God's chosen calling from California. Shout out to all the special aid parents, Hi. all the caregivers, and all those who have been praying and are uplifting us up in this prayer line. It's been so encouraging. I myself am a parent of a special aid daughter, but I thank God for his daily strength. She's seven years old. We begin our day with songs and we end our day with songs. And I'm going to sing a song with her right here. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I've got the joy, 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 Jane for Jesus and my prayer goes out to Greg from Southwest Sweden I believe you said um, your wife is under terrible stress your mother-in-law is having stomach issues you are having trouble finding a job until you finish your courses I pray that all these things calm down, that you should find work, that the stress in your wife's job should lessen, that it would be surrounded with peace, that her coworkers are kind and good and godly that is the main thing that they are godly and i pray the blood of jesus over your mother-in-law that she be healed through jesus's healing hands and i wish you also a happy new year greg and it was nice to hear from you and i pray and I pray, and I pray. 
Amen. Good evening. This is Peggy in Texas. And I come asking for prayer for Ben, my son. It was almost a year ago that I requested prayer for him. That was when he entered the emergency room of a local hospital, and he was diagnosed with COVID-19. He was placed on a ventilator and was there for three months and had a feeding tube, of course, and all kinds of things happened to him during those months. He was... um I had a collapsed lung, and he had a heart valve infection, and he had an, another infection, and then um, he had um, he had a massive stroke somewhere along the line. Um, he was able to um, be removed a ventilator in April, and actually since then he has really been hospitalized or in a physical therapy rehab place uh 12 of them as right now uh as of right now it's been so hard it's been catastrophic um ben uh ben needs prayer he has tremendous uh tremors and those tremors make it impossible for him to hold on to the bars and and try to stand. We he had surgery on both feet to straighten them in order um, that he could, might be able to stand. He has not had the opportunity to do that. He is suffering. It hurts to see a child suffer. He is um, a wonderful man and uh, loves the Lord has raised a precious family, four children. They are all out in their first jobs uh, after graduating from college. And he has a lovely wife. Ben's illness has been catastrophic in so many ways. No, not... Don't tell him. No. Lisa, are you, are you sure? I'm... No, not tell him. I never... Oh man, you just don't, you never know. I, I guess I just take this community for granted. I just, I never called and told him. I never told him how much he means to me. I never told him how much I enjoy his calls. I, I never told him. Man, that, all right, I'm getting them all out. Okay, okay, Melissa, Melissa, you're, you're one, you're one. You're, I think you're amazing. I think you're great. I love when you call. I love your energy. I love your voice. I love how much compassion you have for everybody. You're amazing. And I, I just pray God blesses you. Renzo. Renzo, man. You're special, bro. You're a special kid, man. You're special. I wish there's a way that I could you could share your music with us, man. I, I just I want to hear it, bro. Man, oh God, there's so many. There's so many. You guys are special. I just can't. I, I know death happens. I understand it. I know it. But I just, I, I just never told him. I never told him. It doesn't matter. But I just wish I could have told him. God bless every. One of you guys. Sean 316. Hey, my daily idol Bible siblings. Good morning. I just could not let this year go by before I say Happy New Year to all of you. You all, my siblings, young and older. So many of you have blessed me during the year 2022. Thank you, Brian, Jill, your voice, music. It's amazing. I love being here. I love this family. For real, you guys are my family. I love you guys. You guys are my church. This is what I enjoy the most, though I do go to church on Sundays. 
and I and I enjoy it. But I, this is my favorite part, my daily audio Bible. I want to wish you a happy new year. May this year, the new year, brings us closer to the Lord. May we, may we be consistent with the reading of the Bible. Yeah, I was consistent for the whole year of 2022. That's amazing. I could not do it without God and your prayers. So, yeah, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you guys. You guys are important in my life. Thank you for all your encouragement, your prayers. Oh, I have so many favorite ones here. <laughs> This is Minita from Lombard. God bless you. I love you so much.